0: Those of you who have been around FBC West for a while probably know my daughter Ashley had some kind of weird medical thing for many years of her life. Uh, every few weeks she was in excruciating pain in her abdomen. And we went to doctors and we saw specialists, and we tried diet changes, and we tried allergy medicines, and. We, we tried everything. And then every few weeks, she'd be doubled over in pain again. And it was such a helpless feeling. It wasn't like I was ignoring her problem. I was doing everything I could, and it, it wasn't enough. It was such an awful experience. When, sometimes when she was in her bedroom in pain, crying, crying, Rolling around, I, uh, I'd go to a different room where she couldn't see me, and I'd do a little bit of my own crying. I remember crying, uh, crying out to God, just fix this. I, I would have done anything to have an answer. I, I would have done anything to to take all that pain away. I would have given her anything that would help. But you cannot give what you do not have. We finally found a surgeon who knew what to do and, and, and he helped her and she got better. During one of those years of pain though, she and I went through another kind of pain Algebra. (laughs) She didn't have a textbook, but she'd bring home these worksheets that were full of confusing problems and no directions or instructions or help on the worksheet itself. And I wanted to help her. But you cannot give what you do not have, and I did not have a clue. (laughs) We'd stay up late into the night. I'd be... I'd be on the internet learning algebra from the internet so that I could then turn around and try to apply what I was figuring out, apply that to the problems that were on her worksheets. It was a rough school year. It would have been better for both of us if I had some understanding of how to mix letters and numbers so they equal on both sides of the equation, but you cannot give what you do not have. As we begin Thanksgiving week, I want to direct your attention to Psalm 107. As we talk about the fact that you cannot give what you do not have, Psalm 107 at verse 1 says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Oh give thanks he says. But as we read that verse that's familiar to us we even have have it on the banners here as we read that verse I want you to notice it says to give thanks but the reality is you cannot give what you do not have. And so let's think together about the words that he uses. He's very clear in saying give thanks. It's it's something we are to give, not just to say. It's even in the name of the holiday, Thanksgiving. We don't call it thanks saying. We don't call it Thanks Day. It's Thanksgiving. He He calls us to give from a heart of gratitude, to give our thanks. You know, we teach our children to say thank you. You remember how we do that, right? When they're little, somebody does something nice to them, somebody gives them a gift, or they, somebody makes a compliment or whatever, and, and what do we say to the little ones? What do you say, right? What do you say? We're teaching them to say Thank you. They get a little bit older. Maybe we don't ask them anymore. Maybe now we tell them, say thank you. Right? Because it's important, and it is important. But I find it interesting that Scripture never commands us to say thank you to God. Instead, it tells us to do something, to be something, and to give something. In various verses, it tells us to do something, to thank God, tells us to be something, it tells us to be thankful, and it tells us to give him thanks, but never tells us just to say thank you. I think there's a reason for that, because you can say anything and mean nothing. Have you noticed that? You can say anything and mean nothing. The words thank you don't mean anything unless unless you are actually thankful. You cannot give thanks unless you really have a thankful heart because you cannot give what you do not have. God never calls us to lip service. That's why he tells us to give thanks instead of just say thank you. He's he's not impressed with mere words. It's not enough to say thank you. It's, It's especially not enough to say thank you only once a year. Isaiah 29 and 13 reminds us that he's not interested in lip service. The Lord says to these people, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me they say thank you but there's no real gratitude in their hearts they don't even realize that they cannot give what they do not have see he doesn't call us to say the right things Thanksgiving is an experience of thanks not just an expression Of thanks. It is, it has to be real instead of ritual. It has to be true instead of tradition. I was driving through Granbury yesterday and I knew that it had already kind of been a long day. It was about halfway through and it, it had already kind of been a long day and I knew I had a fairly long drive home and more to do when I got home. And so after I ate lunch, I, I said self, you deserve Starbucks. Self, you, you deserve an iced vanilla latte with an extra shot of espresso. And I said self, I agree. So I found the closest Starbucks and I drove through the parking lot to get in line and when I got to the line, the line was from the window all the way around the building and out into the parking lot and I said, self, my time is too valuable today to sit in that line. And I agreed with myself. So as sad as I was, I had just got back on the street and started my journey. And before long, there was a gas station over to the right. It wasn't one of, the, one of the really old, nasty, fallen down, yucky kind of gas stations. It was one of the new modern ones where they actually clean the restrooms and stuff like that. You know, it, it was a nice one. And So I went into the gas station and lo and behold, over here by, beside the Dr. Pepper's, over here, there was an entire section of iced coffee. You could, you could make your own iced coffee. I said, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get my iced vanilla latte with an extra shot of espresso right here in a gas station. And I put ice in the cup and I put it under the thing and I got, I got that iced coffee. And I tasted it, and it was—it needed something. It was—it was not sweet, and it was just—it was just bitter, you know. And, I, there, and over here, there's this vanilla, uh, French vanilla. I don't know what that is. French vanilla creamer. And so I put it under there, and I pushed the thing, and got got, and I kept putting it in there until it was about the same color as a. Iced vanilla latte with an extra shot of espresso from Starbucks, it was the same color, and so I figured, well, this would be good. I paid for it, I got in the car, I took a sip, and my taste buds rebelled. <laughs> my taste buds said, you promised us, you promised us vanilla, iced vanilla latte with an extra shot of espresso and instead you gave us a gas station concoction. (laughs) I was having a conversation with my taste buds as I got started in the truck and I looked up and just about two blocks down the road there was another Starbucks. (laughs) I drove to the Starbucks, I said, Self, you deserve a vanilla. Latte with an extra shot of espresso, and I agreed with myself, and so I drove to the next Starbucks. I drove around, and there was no line, no waiting. So I went to the window, and I said, I want an iced vanilla latte with an extra shot of espresso. And I got it. I set the gas station concoction aside, and I drank just a sip of my iced vanilla latte with an extra shot of espresso and my taste buds had a party. It was a holy moment. And the next thing I did was go to a little patch of grass in the driveway there and I poured out that gas station concoction and I repented and promised to never do it again. And as I drove home, I started thinking about what I wanted to say today. And I realized that we spend an awful lot of our time giving to God a gas station concoction because it's easy. Thank you, God. Okay, now what else do I need to do? Thanks, God. Oh, I'll give you one day a year where I'll pause over one meal and say thank you, and that'll cover it for the year. When what God wants, I believe, is something more like that iced vanilla latte with an extra shot of espresso. He wants it to be real. He wants it to be from the heart, not, not just fake words of, give, of saying thanks. He wants us to give Thanks, But unless there's gratitude here, unless there is true thankfulness, I can't give what I do not have. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus says something that haunts me from time to time. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Why do you give me lip service? Why do you say, Lord, but then you don't act like I'm your master? This thanksgiving, let us challenge one another to go beyond saying something and let's actually experience gratitude. So that we have something worthwhile to give in our thanks. I wanted you to see something else in this verse, verse 107, uh, verse 1 of 107. He says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. He not only says to give thanks, but notice that first word is so easily overlooked that some translations don't even include it although it is in the hebrew and therefore should be included the word oh oh give thanks now the reason that catches my attention this year is because that word adds emphasis and it gets our attention so we don't miss the message it is as if he the psalmist is is saying hey Give thanks. You and I do that from time to time. We'll be talking and we'll go on back and forth and we know the other person's not with us and we don't have their attention. We say, hey, listen. That's what that O oh means. Through the book of Psalms, we've been singing and we've been talking and we've been, we've been doing poetry and all that, but hey, oh, listen. Give thanks. And I think the reason that it's so important that he get our attention is because we are distracted by so much in this life. We are distracted by our problems and our pain and our stress and our struggles. Our problems and our issues and concerns demand our attention. There's so much yelling at us and so much pulling at us. There's so many demands and concerns that demand our attention. They kind of start looking like this bitmoji in our lives. Demanding our attention. Look at me, I'm a problem. Deal with me, I'm an issue. Be upset because that's what we do in America. We be upset. We're angry at each other all the time. Get uh, get, get Get unnerved. Get distracted, all the problems and the issues and the concerns of life are screaming for our attention. And so the psalmist has to get our attention back and he says, Hey, give thanks. It actually becomes easier with all the distractions and the fact that we naturally focus on our anxieties, on our enemies, on our heartaches and our troubles. The fact that that's natural for us, it becomes easier for us to see what we don't have than it is to see what we do have. And so the psalmist says, dude, give thanks. I haven't introduced you yet to the newest member of our family. This is Mocha. Mocha is uh, part Bernie's mountain dog and part poodle. Uh, She supposedly, they call her, it's called a, a Bernie Doodle, and she's supposedly a mini Bernie Doodle. We brought home this cute little puppy, and now we've got a horse. I think the only mini part of her might be the brains. I'm not sure. But she, she, she really is, she is a sweet dog. I come home at the end of the day, and I've never had a dog do that. I come home at the end of the day, and she'll hug me. She jumps up on her back paws and puts her front paws forward to hug me. Oh, it's the sweetest thing. She's precious. Not sure she's too bright, but she's precious. <laughs> and we put a fence out back so that she could run and play. And I have the best time with her. We, we get to uh, throw the, the toys, and she'll fetch them and bring them back, you know. And so I've named them. And I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw this one. This is Donut. I'll throw donut and she'll go run and get donut, you know, and she'll bring it back. And then I'll throw green ball and she'll run and get back. And it's gotten to where, we got to work on it some more, but it's getting to where I could throw both of them and tell her which one she's supposed to fetch and she can figure out the right one and she'll go fetch it. The problem comes, however, if she already has donut in her mouth. And then she tries to go get green ball. And she can't figure out yet that if I'm going to get green ball, i got to let go of donut. She hadn't figured out yet that she can't have both in the same place at the same time. And there is the problem for us as well. Because if our hearts are so full of our own anxiety, our own problems, our own greed, our own selfishness, our own entitlement. Our hearts are full of the deeds of the day and the calendars and the dates and the times and the importance of all that we have to do. Our hearts are so full of that, there's, there's no way that we can grab onto gratitude. The only way to truly have a grateful heart then is to let go of the stuff of the world so that we can grasp gratitude. It's only when we let go of the other stuff that controls us that we can begin to open our hearts to to being thankful. And it's only then that we have any thanks to give because you cannot give what you do not have. When we think about thanksgiving, we usually think about prayer. And perhaps when you think about prayer, you, you picture the, the praying hands. This, this, you see these hands, you automatically think about prayer. And some of you were raised in a tradition in which you were actually taught to pray with folded hands. This is how to pray. You put your fingers, you, this is how it's done. I want to suggest to you this morning, however, that every once in a while... You practice praying with hands open. And the reason for that is that it it symbolizes and it puts you in a place of saying, God, my hands are empty because I have let go of the things of this world. I've let go of my, my... heartache and my concern and my stuff and and my material things and I've let go of entitlement and let go of greed and selfishness. I've I've let go of all of that so now my hands are empty to receive from you whatever it is you might have for me. But it also says that now that my hands are are palms up, not only am I ready to receive because they're empty I'm also ready to give. You see, thanksgiving starts in the heart. And this practice of praying with hands open demonstrates a willingness to receive and to give with an open heart. I can't have open hands or an open heart if I'm still holding on to the stuff of this world. I I have to let go of the stuff so there's room in my heart for gratitude. D.L. Moody said, I believe firmly that the moment our hearts are emptied of pride and selfishness and ambition and everything that is contrary to God's law, the Holy Spirit will fill every corner of our hearts. But If we are full of pride and conceit and ambition and the world, there is no room for the Spirit of God. We must be emptied before we can be filled. You See, if you're full of the stuff of the world, you have no room for the Holy Spirit to make you grateful. So you can't give thanks because you cannot give what you do not have. Earlier we sang give thanks with a grateful heart. I used to think that that was parallelism. You know, it was was saying the same thing in two different ways. Give thanks with a grateful heart. But now I understand. It not only tells us to give thanks, but then it tells us how to do that. Give thanks. How do you do that? With a grateful heart. Not a religious mouth. But you give thanks with a grateful heart. A grateful heart is the only place from which real thanks can come. Thanksgiving is not about what comes out of your mouth, it's about what comes from the heart. Without a grateful heart, there is no giving thanks because you cannot give what you do not have. You remember Cain and Abel? They both gave something to God. One gave from his crops, the other gave from his livestock. But God only honored one of those gifts. Genesis 4 says the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. Why? Because Abel's gift came from the heart. Cain's gift just came from the backyard. His heart wasn't in it. I know people who come to church every Sunday and miss everything. Because their heart isn't in it. It's not about showing up. It's not about speaking up. It's about about putting your heart into it and experiencing God in a personal way. Before we get to Thanksgiving this year, I need to ask you something. Is your heart in it? Can you give thanks with a grateful heart? Let me tell you, if you don't have a grateful heart, you have no thanks to give because you cannot give what you do not have. You say, I know know that I don't have real gratitude in my heart. How can I fix that? What a great question. Thank you for asking. I know I don't have the gratitude I need. How can I fix it? Wonderful place to be in. So let me help. In order to learn how to do that, we need to look at King David who wrote this psalm. He wrote this psalm of thanksgiving. Let's look at him real quickly. There was a time in David's life when his heart was not full of gratitude. But he allowed it to get full of lust and greed and selfishness and pride. So he could not look around his palace. With all that he had, he could not look around his palace and say, Thank you, God, for making me king and giving me this palace. No, instead, he had to look over the wall and say, Ooh, I want me some of that. His heart had been distracted by things of the world. When he finally came around and reached the point of repentance, he said, God, I have sinned against you. And so it begins with repentance. You don't have real gratitude to give this year. It begins with repentance. Repentance is letting go of donut. Repentance is letting go of the stuff that has been controlling you. Repentance is to stop worshiping at the idols of the world. When he finally came around and reached that point of repentance, repentance, He confessed, God, I have sinned against you, Psalm 51. I have sinned against you. There's repentance and confession. Would you be brave enough to say to God this morning, I don't have it, and it's my fault I don't have it, but I want it. Then you remember what he prayed after he went through that time of repentance and confession? He prayed, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Perhaps today is your day to ask God for a new heart. A heart that is clean and pure and full of gratitude. This is your year to experience true thanksgiving instead of just thanks talking. And what you'll realize is that if you have it, you can give it.